So this fall, we are studying the Sermon on the Mount in a new sermon series called Taking Jesus Seriously. Um, these chapters in Matthew's Gospel represent the heart of Christianity, the heart of Jesus' teachings. Uh, A.J. Levine on Wednesday night called it the greatest hits of Jesus. These are the teachings that we are familiar with, we know them, but so many times in life we fail to apply them to our words and to our, our actions. Um, these teachings describe what it means to bring the kingdom of God to earth, which is what we pray every Sunday in the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, these teachings remind us that we are to focus on matters of the heart and not just the law, not just the rules. And today we move ahead in chapter five and we're dealing with the subjects of anger and retaliation. True story. The first weekend of my sabbatical this summer, we went to Swanee and one of my best friends from Memphis uh, brought his family up there to, to meet us. We had a, a, a fun weekend getting to connect, having the children together. Um, it was a lot of fun. I never get to see uh, my friend Jeff and his family very often. And so uh, they left on a Sunday and we stayed one more night and headed back on a Monday because I was on a sabbatical. So we were trying to enjoy some time away. And um, so we're leaving about lunchtime on Monday. We hit the road, uh, everybody's hungry, so we stopped 20 miles down the road in Manchester uh, at a Wendy's there so we can have lunch and feed the kids. And then the plan is after that, the kid, or at least the baby, falls asleep and you get on down the road. But well, we go to Wendy's and we have a good lunch and um, we're in two cars because uh, I had come a day earlier, so uh, I have Bailey the dog in my car because he smells, nobody wants to ride with him and Megan had the kids in the other car. So we finished lunch and we're sitting there and uh, when I came inside, it was a beautiful 74 degree day, sunny, slight breeze blowing. I rolled my driver's side window down halfway so Bailey could get some air, but it was not a hot day, it was gonna be just fine. We're finishing lunch, I'm over at the drink machine filling up my, uh, my drink and I hear a lady walk in and she approaches Megan and she says, is that your black SUV with the dog in it? And Megan says, no, it's not mine, it's, it's my husband's. <laughs> and so this lady walks over to me, and um, I didn't even know who she was. And, and, and without any introduction, she lays into me about how if you're gonna leave a dog in a car, you need to roll both windows down so that air can blow through to get the dog. And, uh, and she just gave me this stern lecture about, uh, you know, how to treat animals. And I'm sitting there listening to her taking this, and I was thinking to myself, do you not have anything better to do than to go into fast food restaurants and uh, lecture strangers? Uh, I didn't say anything. I just, I just took it, and then sh when she was done, she, she walked out. Um, now, again, 74 degrees outside. Light breeze blowing, driver's side window halfway down, dog fine. Um, so the kids go get in Megan's car, which is a good thing, and I walk back out, and I'm uh, not a happy camper. I can feel my blood pressure continuing to rise. And this woman is sitting in a car adjacent to my car with her husband, uh, and, and 
and Bailey was uh, sitting in the front seat, and, and, and she told me in her lecture that he was panting. And I said, yeah, that's because when strangers approach the car, he barks. <laughs> well, I walked over, and I'm not necessarily proud of this, but I walked over to her car, and I said, I'm sorry, can you tell me again what the problem is? And she gives me her lecture about how you roll both windows down when you have a dog in the car and how she raises dogs and she knows how to take care of dogs. And, 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 I, and I, just, I just stopped her and I said, okay, I said, how about this? I said, I raise dogs too, but I said, I'll make a deal with you. You take care of your dogs and I'll take care of my dogs. And I walked off and got in the car. Not one of my finer moments. But she started it when she came into Wendy's. Now, today we're talking about anger. Jesus says, you've heard that it was said, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you're angry with a brother or sister, you'll be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you'll be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you'll be liable to the hell of fire. Fire. I didn't call her a fool, but I don't think that I succeeded in that situation. Maybe if she had caught me a little bit later on in sabbatical, it would have been different. <laughs> this morning, I'd like to talk to you about three basic sources of anger. And then I want to talk to you about three solutions to how we can deal with and handle our anger when we feel it coming on. Every human being gets angry. There are things in life that push our buttons, things in life that make us mad. But what Jesus is concerned about in the Sermon on the Mount is our heart, our intention. What's going on in our heart and our head is what leads to our actions. And it leads us to do something or to say something that we're not proud of. What are the primary sources for anger? Think about these three. Number one, not getting what we want. We get angry when we don't get what we want or what we think we deserve. All of us have an idea of how we think our lives should go, and if life doesn't go the way that we want it to or plan for it to, then we get angry, we get frustrated, we get irritated, we get mad. Uh, Atlanta pastor Andy Stanley has a great book that I would recommend to you. It's called Enemies of the Heart. And in the book, he deals with four negative emotions that often control us. Guilt, anger, greed, and jealousy. And when it comes to anger, he says this. The root of anger is the perception that something has been taken. Something is owed you. And now a debt to debtor relationship has been established. We get angry in life when we don't get what we want. It's the same reason that two-year-olds throw tantrums when you don't give them what they want. They're mad, and they don't understand why they can't have what they want. Well, guess what? Adults do the same thing. We just get angry. We get bitter. We get resentful. Stanley says this. He says, show me an angry person, and I will show you a hurt person. And that person is hurting because something has been taken. Someone owes them something. If nothing else, an apology. Think about it. We get mad in life and we don't get what we want. But nobody ever said that life was fair. Nobody ever said that, that, that we should get everything that we want. It just doesn't happen that way. That's not the way life plays out. 
Second source of anger in our lives is hurt and pain from our past. All of us have things in our past that we wish had not happened. And many of these things leave open wounds that have never healed. And so our pain will come out in unexpected ways. Maybe your parents got divorced when you were young. Maybe your dad left your mom for another woman. You never understood why. Maybe you got fired from a job, and to this day you never really understood what exactly you did wrong. Maybe your spouse cheated on you, and although you've tried to reconcile, things just don't seem the same as as before. Whatever it is, you have something from your past that has caused you a lot of pain, and it causes you to act out in anger, sometimes even subconsciously. We may not even be aware that we're doing it. You know, I have no doubt that I have anger in my own life from my mom's suicide. And I've had to deal with that for 13 years, and, and, and she would not have been proud of uh, what I said to the woman before I left Wendy's that day. But here's the kicker. In many of these situations, we are waiting for a debt to be paid that is not going to be paid. Stanley says this, the irony is, in many cases, the perceived debt can never be paid. How can you pay your 25-year-old son back for not being there for him from the time he was 12? It can't be done. It's tragic because people spend so much of their lives waiting for debts to be paid that simply cannot be paid. And it eats them up and it keeps them angry and they never get over it. And what's even worse is that as time goes by, that anger and that resentment only intensify, only grows. Third source of anger. When we are attacked, disrespected, or do not feel heard. And all of this is tied to fear. Whenever somebody attacks us in life, whenever somebody disrespects us or makes us feel as though we are not significant, we get angry. And this is understandable because everybody wants to feel like they matter. Everybody wants to feel like uh, others appreciate them and value them. Everybody wants to feel respected and listened to. It's a universal desire. Um, I had a lunch with a friend of mine in this church this past week, uh, somebody that I respect a lot. Um, And we were talking about how oftentimes this plays out in the church. Sometimes people who don't have uh, a leadership position or an important job, or maybe they can't make a significant financial contribution to the the church, that maybe they feel overlooked and undervalued. And, And that should never be the case. Everybody matters in the kingdom of God. Look at the people that, that, that Jesus spent all of his time with, the ones that he was always reaching out to. He made time for the marginalized. Uh, he made time for the, the people that others would cast out. And he was criticized for it, but he kept doing it. Socioeconomics has a way of dividing people in this culture. And, and, and that's not what the kingdom of God is about. In the kingdom of God, your net worth doesn't matter. Your job title doesn't matter. The size of your house doesn't matter. It's your heart that matters. It's your motive that matters. And we can't forget that if we seek to follow Jesus and if we seek to be faithful 
to what he has commanded, to what he has, has taught. He is so concerned about the condition of our heart because he knows that whatever is going on in here will then manifest and play out in how we act, what we say. Now to the second question this morning. If we acknowledge that all of us get angry, that all of us experience anger on a regular basis, then how can we control it? How can we deal with it? How can we overcome it? I once read this, this, uh, an article that listed 10 powerful ways to deal with, with anger. And I'll give these to you briefly. He's, this article said, one, when you're angry, say nothing for a while. Two, try to be indifferent to those who wish to make you angry. Three, use reason to stop your anger. Four, look kindly upon others. Five, value peace more than anger. Six, always try to understand those who are critical and don't just try to defend yourself. Seven, focus on something completely different. Eight, breathe deeply. <clears throat> Nine, <clears throat> meditate and reflect. And 10, smile. Now, all of these are good, but I want to leave you this morning with three specific thoughts about how we deal with anger, how we, how we handle our anger. The first is this. Don't retaliate. Don't do what I did at Wendy's that day when I left. It might make you feel better in the moment. I told her, but it's not worth it. Jesus says, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. And you see, in that day, in that age, these were acts of public shaming. Often servants were treated this way in the first century. Uh, they, were, they were backhanded slapped. And Jesus is saying, turn and take another one. Basically expose the cruel behavior for what it is. Others will see it and they'll see how bad it is. Don't retaliate. Don't return evil for evil. It always takes two to fight. So don't enter the fight. If somebody once said, if you climb into the mud pit to wrestle a pig, pretty soon people will forget who the pig is. You can't and you don't need to fight every single battle in life. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the conflict stoppers. Second answer. And we touched on this last week. Learn to forgive. Not just talk about forgiveness, but actually forgive. Sometimes the only way you're going to deal with your anger is if you forgive the person that's hurt you. Now, they may not want forgiveness. They may not be asking for forgiveness. They may not think that they need forgiveness. But we should forgive, especially when it comes to the things from our distant past that we keep holding on to and that we need to let go of. Nobody ever said that forgiveness is easy, but it's necessary. We can't go through life carrying all the burdens of the past because it will become too much to bear. You know, last week I, I defined forgiveness as a recipe for survival. And I believe that. I believe what we pray in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses, our debts, our sins. All the same translation 
as we forgive those who sin against us. Holding on to resentment and not forgiving other people, somebody once said, is like drinking poison and expecting somebody else to die. It's not healthy. Forgiveness is a process, and forgiveness doesn't mean that you have to put yourself back in the place to be hurt again and again, but you do have to let it go. Let it go. Lastly, one of the best things that we can do with our anger in life is we can harness it and we can channel it for good. We have the ability to turn our anger into an agent for change. It can drive us. It can inspire us. It can motivate us. There are things in this world that should make us angry. Things that are outrageous. Things that are just wrong. Injustices that, that, that we should not be okay with. But, but rather than just getting angry, we should use that anger to motivate us to, to make changes for good. So think about historical figures like Martin Luther. He had issues with the Catholic Church and what he viewed as an abuses, uh, ongoing abuses of power. So he wrote the 95 Theses. He nailed them to the door of the Whittingbird Chapel. That started the Protestant Revolution. He harnessed it for good. Think about Abraham Lincoln. He knew his heart, in his heart that slavery was wrong. He harnessed that anger. He led the charge against it. It wasn't easy. Ultimately, it costed him his own life. But he knew that owning another human being was wrong. He was motivated. He used it for good. Think about Martin Luther King. It made him angry that people were being discriminated against because of the color of their skin. So he channeled that anger and led the civil rights movement. And the lunch sit-ins that happened here in Nashville and other places in the South serve as one of the best examples of exposing shameful behavior. People would watch that on television and they started to change their minds and realize that you don't discriminate against people because of the color of their skin. Think about Jesus. He knew that what the world needed most was a way of living that was grounded in love and compassion and forgiveness and mercy. And so that's what he lived. And it cost him his life. But God did not let the crucifixion have the final say. The resurrection is our reminder that no matter what happens, love will win. And what the world throws our way can be overcome. Deep down, we are all hardwired to love and to be loved. We crave it. We can channel our anger to bring about change in this world. But let me close by saying this. Overcoming selfishness is the key to so much of this. So much of our anger happens when we are only focused on ourselves. I don't get what I want. I have pain from my past. I've been disrespected or not heard. And some of the angriest people in life are the ones who only think about themselves. Living for others can free us from our anger. And that can lead us to a better and much healthier life. Amen.